Hey, what's up, pro wrestling fans? Welcome to another installment of Heel Section. My name is Rafa Sparza. I am happy to join you on this uh, beautiful afternoon uh, with my good friend Mike Stallings. Mike, are you excited to talk to our guest? My name is Mike, and I stay ready. You stay ready. See? Is that... <laughs> You're learning now. That's yeah, great. Fabulous. So I am so ready to talk to our guest. So I'm the reason pumped. why I asked that, Mike, is because this is somebody who is going to inspire you. She's going to teach you how to defend yourself. She's a pro wrestler. She does jujitsu. Um, she's on a show called Room 104. Be very clear about that. It's on HBO. 101. No, 101 plus three. If it's, you have exactly. To it was three sequels. It uh, came after it. She is also one of the owners of a team, Bully Buster. It is a wonderful initiative to get people to stop bullying and to reach out to the youth and to help them find their voices. Um, she's not only that, she's a self-defense uh, guru. She's helping around. I see her giving instructionals consistently, and I love that message. But she is a pro wrestler for WOW. I just have to say, uh, she's a friend of ours here on the show, so we are so happy to have Keita Maggett. Keita, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Hi, everyone. So here's the fun part for me, is I know you in person, so I don't, like, know a ton of pro wrestlers, I don't think. Um, but it's fun because, <laughs> in some ways, you would seem unassuming in that 100. way. You're a badass jiu-jitsu practitioner, but not every jiu-jitsu practitioner who's badass is a pro wrestler. So how did that happen for you? How did this whole journey for pro wrestling start for you? So actually it was completely by accident. I was sent on an audition that I thought was for that show. Uh, I think it was called Heroes, that sci-fi show. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I walked in and signed in like normal, normal audition, you bring your headshot, you sign in, you wait for your name. They called my name and I went into the back room and it was like a large room with a huge ring inside of it. And there were girls wrestling inside and throwing each other around, like suplexing each other. And I was like, oh, hell no. I, this is totally not what I'm here for. I thought this was like the show Heroes. I called my agent and he apologized. He's like, oh, yeah, get out of there. Um, and, and I don't know if you guys know, but when I was in high school, I got bullied really bad. And it left me super scarred with PTSD. So this was the first time like I had been around any type of like, you know, one-on-one -on -one fighting type of thing. And I was absolutely not for it. Um, and then I actually stayed in auditioned and was inspired by some, by another woman that was very tiny as well, who picked up someone twice her size and slammed her on the ropes and picked her up and threw her around. And I was like, yo, how did she do that? Um, so that's actually how it started for me by accident. When that does happen and you, you get into this world by accident, I mean, everybody saw pro wrestling growing up. Right. Um, I'm sure it never even really crosses your mind to say, oh, I'm going to be that person if you're showing up for an acting gig. Never. I didn't even know it was like available to be a pro. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because no guidance counselor is going to sit down and be like, hey, by the way, you deaf look like a pro wrestler. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I definitely don't. Yeah, but you I'm hear most people. Yeah. They're going after their they're going after your dream, but now you're like living this accident. I mean, there's kind of like a weird right. line in between. I know it, I mean, does, is it, it, it is weird, but it's honest. It's true, you know. Well, I okay. First of all, I'm glad that you did go for that audition because 
one of the things that I think is hard for people to understand is how to build a good character. You are an actress who happens to do jujitsu, which should be every stunt person's dream. Right. Because you know how to take certain kinds of falls. It's different in pro wrestling, but you know how to use your body in important ways. Right. So what was the moment that you knew that you were hooked? Because you could have done the audition and been like, well, fun experience, everybody. Bye. Right. But you saw these other women doing it and you were inspired to try it. But what's the moment that you knew like, hey, this is kind of something I think I want to do. You know what? When I had a conversation with my father. So after um, I watched that first audition process, because I definitely didn't partake in it, um, I was way too scared, way too intimidated. And I had a conversation with my dad and he was like, you know what? If you have the opportunity to audition for something like this, why not just do it? It could be therapeutic for you. You still have a lot of PTSD left over from what happened to you. And in real life, if you think about very successful pro wrestlers, i.e. Hulk Hogan or The Rock, um, they took their careers and branded themselves and it, and it like catapulted them into their future. For instance, now The Rock is Dwayne Johnson and he's a mega movie star. So my dad was like, what if this is a stepping stone for you? Like, don't negate it. Think of it as something therapeutic that could only make you better in anything else that you do. And I was like, you know what, Dad? I love that. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. So it was a three-month audition process, like six days a week, eight hours a day, bumping, flipping, training, cardio, endurance, stamina, like everything. And I think the cool aspect of being an actress and a fighter and being able to bring those two to the ring definitely gave me an advantage and having been an athlete my whole life for sure gave me an upper hand and uh when they were when they made the cut i was one of the 18 girls that they kept out of 600 Mm -hmm. and uh they said we love your acting we love your athleticism um but can you help us with the character because you know uh wrestling is kind of very cliche when it comes to character like it, it really goes off of what you look like unless it's like a you know, a parody or something, but like, you know, tall blonde girl, her name's going to be Americana. The girl with really red hair might be named fire. You know what I mean? (laughs) So being half black and Guatemalan, I really don't fit into anything and I never have. So they asked me if you were to be a character, what would you want to be? And I was like, great question. I have no idea. It's never something I thought about. Um, So they, of course, came with some ideas. And as you just realized, I am very specific about my name. So they came up with the character Kita the Cheetah. (laughs) No. And I was was like, no one will ever get my name right. You're going to be a ninja. Your name is going to be Kitana. Like, come on. (laughs) Going to go with frenetic. Exactly. I like that. Well, to be fair, one of the, I mean, my brain goes into pun mode all the time. Okay. Lots of things rhyme with Raph. So... Half the time when I was in like high school, I told people, you know, I'm going to have a column and I'm going to call it the gripes of Raph. Oh, I like and that. Everyone looked at me. Everybody looked at me and they're like, you have a dumb gift to come up with puns. And I said, I know. <laughs> but for you, I just kept thinking, I was like, how do you not play La Femme Nakita? And I was like, oh. Nakita. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So there, there was that for you. I, I need to pause here because there's a, a thing that I think we're not giving enough attention to, which is the fact that your dad okay. was that supportive 
of your pro wrestling career, like not only was it you coming in and saying like, hey, there's this opportunity. Let's talk it out, dad. I love the fact that your dad went full marketing on you and said, let me help you get (laughs) to the essence of your character and you. That's phenomenal. Right. My dad's a G. So he was vice president of marketing for Blue Cross of California for like 16 years. So he can't leave that marketing mind, obviously. And then he was a Marine. So he's a G, like full on. Man, that's so cool. I I mean, Mike, would that have changed things for you if you had a dad who was a Marine who said, uh, son, you need to get into pro wrestling school stacked? <laughs> Yeah, but where do you get pushed? The, the day and age that we live in, you know what I mean? I wouldn't know where to start, you know what I mean? The motivation right. would have been there, but then, you know, what, I mean, because you've also done The Ultimate Fighter, if I'm not mistaken, so I would think that the <clears throat> that the floor is a lot wider to get to get your, your character out there, to get your name out there, that it was opposed to when I was growing up back in the you know, early nineties when we'd be, we'd even have the internet. So, I mean, is that, I think he kind of, <laughs> I don't want to date myself, but for your dad to cultivate <laughs> all of that together and kind of, that's why I gave you a hard time about, I mean, you walked into an accident, but it's also a testament to where you can cultivate a brand new dream, like on the spot and go 100%. after it. That's- yeah. And I, and I, and, you, and I must mention that before pro wrestling, I have never done a combat sport. So if you just came after pro wrestling, Muay Thai came after pro wrestling. MMA came after pro wrestling. It was pro wrestling was like my first indictment, like my 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 first step into anything physical with like another person. Every other sport I played was gymnastics, track, and basketball. That's it. So those you're not physical with a whole other human, and so this was really intimidating, very scary. But I was up for the challenge because I definitely didn't want to be a victim anymore of what happened to me. And I was really just over it and I wanted something new and literally wrestling changed my life. Like it, it, it opened so many doors for me. It's how I ended up at 10th planet jujitsu. It's then how I started Muay Thai. Like <clears throat> it, it literally catapulted me exactly what my dad said into my future. Like if it wasn't for wow and wasn't for David McLean, you know, seeing my skill and what I could bring to, to the cast, I, I don't know where I would be today. It's so phenomenal. I find it fascinating that it happened backwards because normally you hear that people are making it. Well, especially this day and age, especially like the Ronda Rousey thing going on right now. Exactly. They're making the transition right. from being MMA into wrestling, but you took the the complete opposite the approach other. and went from wrestling yeah. and then legitimize yourself because wrestling is trying to legitimize itself all the time, but you kind of. Exactly. I mean, I guess you know your dad figured out a way to le- legitimize all of it at once. Right. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> so, Keith, I got to ask this because you make those transitions. And as a performer, I know when I'm telling jokes in front of a crowd, there's a rush you get. And when you're acting, there's a rush you get. But when you're performing in front of people in that ring, what does that feel like? And do you have any particular memories that kind of stood out to you or anything that's really kind of something that you hold near and dear because like you said you never really pictured that as a thing but then it becomes a thing right it is a rush so right do you have something there? right well you know they call me keith the rush right that is my name <laughs> um that's my name because Nailed i'm it. addicted to that rush 100 um i'm really fast at whatever i do i 
super skilled, I think, just from running track and being really explosive. And uh, the rush that I get from performing, from acting, from wrestling, from fighting, it's all the same. It's the exact same rush. And I'm addicted to it. It's like the best feeling in the world. And I remember the first, my first match, you know, coming out, I think we were shooting in Vegas and I uh, came out and all my friends were there and my family, cause, you know, it's just a hop, skip and a jump from Los Angeles, which is where I'm based out of. And, uh, when, uh, when I got in the ring and I, and I did my entrance and just seeing the crowd, like, I don't know, that feeling is like, it's just really, it's the same thing as hearing the bell or hearing action. It's go time. And that, that rush is something that I really am just addicted to. I freaking love it, which makes sense because my name is Keith the Rush. <laughs> I mean, I, I did tell you earlier I love puns, so I'm going <laughs> to be very consistent with this. I, I want this, though, to be very clear because one thing that I've, I've heard about your story in, in hearing some of your other interviews that I was fascinated by, which is you took this aspect of being bullied and you made it part of your character. Yeah. And I think that's something that's becoming a little bit more modern is people are willing to talk about those things that are not just them, yeah. but making a positive sort of influence for others. Have you – well, first of all, explain Team Bully Buster and, and like a little bit of the mission statement behind that because you're not just even pro wrestling. You're not just – teaching self-defense, you have a whole thing, a movement that you are trying to start. Yes, um, that I have started. So I'm actually the owner and founder of Team Bully Buster. And what it is, it's a nonprofit organization that is based for children and women to learn self-defense and be physically fit. Um, the reason I started that is because I saw how much power I have, just A, being an athletic woman, and then two, learning how to fight and how much power you have when you really are on the ground in jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. most fights, as we all know, end up on the ground, especially if you're a woman or a smaller person, which most women are right. So knowing what to do from the ground was everything for me because that's where I ended up. And I have an older brother and anytime we would fight, I'm on the ground and he's on top of me. So once I saw like, Oh snap, there's, so much I can do to damage you from down here. I really wanted every woman that I know and every woman that I encountered and every woman in the world to know jujitsu and how much power they have. And then, you know, finding a love for Muay Thai and striking and, and all of the different elements that you have. You have eight weapons on your body, your, your hands, your elbows, your knees, and your feet. For me, it was just like, dude, women need to know this because I wasn't shit before I knew this. And now that I know it, not that I can take on the world, but I pretty much am, you know? And it's not that I feel like I can walk around and kick everyone's butt, but I can definitely defend myself, hold my own, and get away from you, which is most important. It's so valuable. I mean, we talk about all the time in jiu-jitsu for self-defense, and I think that most of the people who do it are giant nerds. <laughs> and there is an element of empowerment to them, but that's why these nerds can talk about Pokemon at wit's end and not feel threatened because they know that they can probably choke the life out of you in 20 different ways. So it's it's amazing to see that that sort of positive reinforcement. When you started telling the the folks who were putting together the show, though, that you wanted to go the direction in, into uh, being like an anti-bully kind of character and really implement that, what was their reaction to that? Oh, my God. They loved it. They were so supportive because 
we weren't thinking inside of that box. They were going off of my look. So like, oh, maybe topical something or, you know, a combination or whatever. Stuff like that. Not not like something that happened to me. And then also, I wasn't at a place at my life either where I talked about my bullying situation freely and openly. Mm. It was a very humiliating, traumatic experience that like I never wanted to talk about again, you know, mm. after it happened. And I didn't, I definitely didn't victimize myself, but I just didn't even talk about it either. I just was like, that never happened. Um, but it did happen and I needed to own it and I needed to understand why it happened. And when I got complete understanding and wanted to embody that and be a hero and a superhero who had been victimized before and been bullied and overcame that shit and now you know gets to empower people and pass it forward and pay it forward and share my skills and my knowledge I was like all about it and they were one million percent behind it um I, I wanted to be the bully buster so I'm Keita Rush the bully buster and it was the best decision ever because I think it's uh, I think the possibilities are endless. Also being a baby face, I'm I'm totally a baby face with an edge. Like I'm not just the nice girl. Like I definitely go out there and I kick butt and I hold it down for all the rest of the baby faces as, as well. Cuz that is something that does concern me is when <clears throat> you have pro wrestling and you have the the impetus to reach young kids, so that's great. But some of the elements of pro wrestling are always going to be well, sometimes you might kind of be a bad guy. And so I, yeah. I, I, right. I know that there are elements to making that message work, but I also feel like the rules are changing, like the business changes and nobody's just a straight face forever. Right. Everyone evolves for sure. Even this podcast I mean, even is evolving. We, we're going to have to change <laughs> it to the real baby face section here pretty soon. I feel like there's <laughs> zero heel in it completely diminishes our mission statement <laughs> but <laughs> well don't worry i mean we can always turn on the guests i just in this particular case there's not a, really a reason <laughs> and i don't think that you would do well if you turned on uh Keitha. so just uh just a note here so okay yeah small note small note <laughs> when when that is happening and you have jujitsu and you go into uh, this world of jiu-jitsu now you've been in it for a good amount of time. Yeah. Are there people who have in jujitsu that interest in pro wrestling when you do tell them that part of your story? Um, everyone thinks it's really cool. I mean, I mean, down to Eddie Bravo calling me out like in class and being like, uh, you know, if, if I'm supposed to be doing something, he's like, uh, Oh, this must be key to rush. You know, like he, everyone, you know, teases and makes fun, but, but also like loves it. And they come to the shows like, Literally, my 10th Planet family is so supportive. Um, and my character has evolved, too, since starting jujitsu. Because originally, I was just pro wrestling. Um, and so then once I started jujitsu, I was like, I really want to incorporate these moves into my character. And, like, I want to really embody who I am. And, and that also reflects my character. So it was pretty awesome when I pitched to them that, like, I'm called the Triangle Queen in real life. Um, and I would love to be able to, like, submit girls instead of, like, you know, pinning them or whatever. I'd like to be able to, like, let's try a, a triangle submission. I would love that. And they let me do it. And it turned out amazing. And it was awesome. So it's pretty cool being able to do both. And it definitely has made me a dynamic character bringing jujitsu to it, for sure. It's what? just timing, too. Yeah. Don't you think, Raph? 
Yeah. The timing of it to have her fall just so perfect in the day and age where the hybrid is happening, where this is, you know, the right. Be a Star campaign that, that it's able to get out there in the social media, that it's such a platform for something like this to take place and to take a hold of it, like in a superhero approach. So like you're basically in to my in my eyes of the female John Cena at this point. You know what I mean? It's just all it's all Amen there. Amen to that. I'll take it. I'll That's right. <laughs> and I'm okay. Now I'm with you maybe like 200%. Okay. Before we go to this next transition. Okay. Because uh pro wrestling, jiu-jitsu, <laughs> and then you think just as an extra added bonus, hitting people in the face but for reals and kicking them. <laughs> this is where you and I I think go on those two divergent roads. <laughs> Because I'm trying everything I can not to get hit in the face. And I like to call my face a moneymaker, but you're actually someone who is a model. So I can't even do that joke. (laughs) Well, I will say this. My coach was a boxer before he was a Muay Thai fighter. And the most important, valuable thing that he said to me was a car cannot move. If there are not wheels that are inflated, it's like in time tires that are inflated and ready to go. So for me, my footwork became so important to me because I don't want to get hit in the face. I want to hit you in the face and I want to hit you in the stomach, but I don't want to get hit back. So I need to have superior footwork. So I literally just made that very important to me before I even did anything. I wanted to know that I can get the fuck away from you really fast. And once I like incorporated my footwork, that gave me the confidence to be like, cool, I'm in and out and I'm in and out. And don't get me wrong, I've gotten punched in the face a lot of times, but I do a lot of damage as well. And that's just the fun part. Is that just the fun part? Like, listen, <laughs> I, I believe you on so many things. I let you slide when you said, I mean, I only did track and I was this massive athlete. And I guess I played like four different sports only. Ugh. <laughs> Before I even got into it, but I wasn't even an, a true athlete. It's like, no, you're, that's a, once you get around like two sports, hey, if you're good at one sport, amazing. But if you you claim multiple sports, it's kind of, uh, again, though, <laughs> punch face is not something I'm really all that interested in. Uh, I'll watch it and I, I am a fan of MMA, but there are definite moments yeah. where when people are like, hey, let's kind of do slap jujitsu or, you know, combat jujitsu. I go, nope, nope. I am. I am good. It's fun though. You guys gotta no. try it. Weird no, my. Sounds, te- like... You just re-explained footwork to me. Footwork to me is just running away. <laughs> That's why I just run miles. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No. It's it's really really, it's really fun. I I will say the first time. Like working a bag and hitting pads, that's that's like fun, right? That's fun and it's hard and your brain is trying to like, oh my god, remember everything. But when you actually step foot into a ring to spar with someone, whether you've got headgear on or not, it is the it is the thing that will call you on everything in your life at that moment. And I was so ready to be called out because I just wanted more. Um, and I remember the first time I, uh, I I started Muay Thai at this place called The Yard in Highland Park. And uh, my coach, his name is Mark. And the first girl that I ever sparred with, her name is Natalie Morgan. She's a professional Muay Thai fighter and then is also my co-star on Room 104. Um, and uh, so, you know, we're, we're sparring. 
I'm still very scared and intimidated. Don't want to really hit her because I know if I hit her hard, she's definitely going to hit me hard. <laughs> um, so I'm just, you know, jab, jab, cross, like whatever, moving around. Here's a, a leg kick here and a leg kick there. And I hear Mark, my coach, say, punch her in the face. And I was like, wait, is he talking about, like, is he talking to me? And Natalie punched me so hard in the motherfucking face. <laughs> like, my, like, my, uh, like, I just went, really went into shock. And then I lunged at her and just, like, unleashed, like, bam, 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 bam. And then he was like, okay, okay, okay. He, like, blew the whistle. And uh, he was like, okay, that's enough for today. And as we were walking to the locker room, he put his arm around me and he's like, you're a fighter kid. You've got that fire. And I was like, what? And he goes, that was a test. Um, when two things either happen when someone gets punched in the face, they either turn on all the way, which is what happened with me and went into attack mode or you freeze and you, you, you just freeze because you're like, Oh my God, I just got punched in the face. And then you just keep getting punched in the face because you're so frozen. And, uh, he, and he was like, that's, that's always the test when someone gets punched in the face, like what happens to them? So if you ever want to really challenge yourself and see what you are about, Mike and Rob, get punched in the face. No, oh, I know boy. what I'm about. I I've set up our first live <laughs> podcast. Where I'm we're have to very do clear <laughs> on who I am and what I do. And I will tell you this. I, I had a guy who was training for a combat jiu-jitsu match. Um, Okay. And they, Who? I will not name the name. I'll tell you off air, but I had the okay. getting ready for it. And he had all of his blue belts. He's a black belt. He had all of his blue belts getting there and his white belts. And he's just going through them. And he's mostly just trying to do a grappling session just to get ready for it. And I saw these going through them and I said, Hey man, I can help. Like I'll come in and I wasn't planning to train, but I'm sure I'm, I'm able to help you. Now, this guy's amazing. He's really good. He can probably submit me in a number of ways. But my particular style sometimes frustrates him because I can be very defensive. And so he got to a certain place in mount and started just laying down slaps. Now, I hadn't actually come to agree and say, yeah, you can do that with me. And I realized I didn't sign up for this. And the worst part is he was thinking it would open me up more. And my first reaction was from bottom, and mind you, How someone has mounted you. you, but from underneath, <laughs> I literally palm striked him up, <laughs> like from where I was, just being nice. like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, why are you hitting me? And then it became like, no, he's an actual fighter, and I am not. So he's still doing it. So I'm not getting submitted. I'm just taking like, and now he's like starting to pull his, his slaps because he understands. Like, he, he has to do something yeah. as a black belt. But the whole time, I literally, I don't know if you could ever imagine my most indifferent face of, fine, keep hitting me. I'm going to get out of this mount. And now I'm inside control and I'm really pissed. Um, anyway. Oh, no. But yes, that, that was funny. my moment. So I, I'm good on that, that training. I, I enjoy it. In the it's just, uh, I love the, the jiu-jitsu. But you mentioned Rumo 104. And that's a great starting point. And I, also, big shout out to the R because um, Joe Schilling is one of our good friends on uh, Verbal Tap, and he runs that. So I'm always Joe's happy the to homie. That. Joe is the ish. That that see again, I, that's what I'm talking about. That dude is about my weight, quote unquote, when he is fighting. So I don't yeah. need that in my life. Uh, 
but I'll tell you this much. Uh, I love the fact that you, you were on an HBO anthology and it seems like a natural progression. I was going to wonder how it was that you made the transition to that or how that came about, or even if your training in Muay Thai was going to be a big help for that, but it sounds like it was, how did that come together? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah. So I got, um, I got the audition and they were looking for an actress and a fighter and I was like uh hello that's me 100% and it's hard there there really are combinations of both like I guess they saw in the end they said they saw like a thousand eleven hundred girls and they picked two and coincidentally the my co-star is Natalie who was the first girl I ever even trained with and sparred with Hmm. so that was like really awesome to see her on the callbacks and to to finally book it and be like, Oh my God, we get to work together. (laughs) Um, but that transition was so awesome. Like getting to put them together was, was fucking cool. It was really cool. And yeah, my Muay Thai totally helped me set my game up, uh, training for, for room on a four and like doing all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, 100% everything in timing, like has completely worked. Like God is amazing. Like it's, it's, pretty cool yeah yeah that's all fine and dandy but you don't you, like what you said when you got put punched in the face for the first time you had one or two <laughs> two choices to make and you keep pushing forward i mean is there any stop yeah. to i mean you got to put yourself in the position you know what i mean does that is it ever going to yeah. be enough no i'm gonna keep going <laughs> I want, i'm gonna keep going yeah. <laughs> i want an oscar i want uh i i literally want the nobel peace prize like don't don't trip like i'm i'm taking over like I'm I'm all about paying it forward and Could, and handing off everything that I know and that's what I'm gonna do. The first ever Nobel Peace Prize awarded wrestler is <laughs> such the billing. Right. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> Mark my words, guys. So okay, and uh, I think people should go check that out if they have HBO. But I have to ask you about this because this was amazing to me too. Your career yeah. in life has taken you to many different places, but then I see you in a Nike commercial and I think to myself, (laughs) two things, one, yay, because that means someone's getting paid. And two, I was like, uh, you can tell it's acting because I was like, I've seen you do your thing. And I don't think I've seen anybody get that easy of a pin on you. So, uh, just saying, (laughs) but what was that experience like? Cause you weren't just working with anybody as a director. Who did you work with? Alejandro eating me too. And my goodness, that was incredible. So um, that whole audition process was pretty crazy. So my first audition, I had to wrestle a guy um, who's, you know, 5'10", let's say maybe 170 pounds. And uh, the casting director was like, we want you to take him down and pin him. I was like, (laughs) do you see how big I am? I'm 115 pounds and I weigh, I'm 5'3". And uh, they were like, yeah, okay, let's go slate your name and go for it. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm not even warmed up. Like, oh, my God. So it was go time. And so I took this fool down and I pinned him. (laughs) And I pinned him with my life. Um, And then they were like, okay, let's go again. And then, like, let's go for a different pin, like a different takedown and and a different pin. And I was like, okay, cool. So did it. Left. When I got in the car, I pulled my groin so hard because (laughs) – his stance was so big, I couldn't get his back wet. 
<laughs> I was like, how the fuck am I going to drive home? I couldn't even like, like my, my leg was shaking so hard because my groin was like ripped. Like, I don't even know what the hell happened. Wait, but you whatever, pulled your like, groin getting into the car? Or no, you pulled your groin during, Okay. Wow, that sounded like you. But when I got in the car, I was like, oh shit, it doesn't, my leg doesn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I get the call back and I got to do it again. And I'm like, oh my God, my, my, literally my groin still wasn't fixed three days later. Like it was like, I literally pulled it really hard. Um, so then I get the call back. Then I was put on a veil and then I got the audition. So that was awesome. Go to the sitting. Uh, meet the girl that's my opponent and everything's good still have no clue who the director is they don't really like they keep you know things on the hush hush you're not allowed to talk about anything you can't post about anything so I show up to the audition which is like mm, to I'm sorry to the commercial cast to the actual day of shooting um, and it was about two weeks after the first audition so I'm I'm repaired now taking my arnica my ibuprofen rubbing that thing out going and get physical therapy on it like Literally, I pulled my hips so bad. Um, and uh, I'm looking at the call sheet, and they walk me to my trailer, and it says his name. And I, I froze, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, who's directing this? And they were like, yeah, the guy from The Revenant. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. And uh, one of the production assistants was like, this is going to be a really big commercial. And to me, really big meant Super Bowl. So being that we shot this before that, I, I totally thought this was like gearing up for Super Bowl. And I knew there were a bunch of different spots, um, but I just for some reason thought Super Bowl. So clearly I am watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> We've got that recorded. My family's watching. <laughs> Everyone I know is watching. We're watching all the commercials and it didn't air. And I was like, ah, oh, man. And I got a holding fee in the mail, like, man, they're just going to hold it more. What are they waiting for? Like, what are they doing? Totally forgot about the Olympics. And that's international. Like, yeah. let alone booking a commercial is huge, regional is huge, national is even bigger. But international, there's nothing higher than that. And this commercial is an international commercial. And literally, I'm the beginning, the peak of it, and the end of it. It was yep. A complete blessing. So yeah, like I, I did that. I did the damn thing and got to work with an Oscar award winning director and he really shoots the same way he shoots like like lots of just one takes. Like just keep going, keep going. There's no break. There's no action cut, action cut, action. It's action and you just keep going. I mean on and the he'll reel, cut out whatever he he'll use whatever. Yeah. He, he's just somebody I look up to. I think he's phenomenal. And <laughs> It's he one is. thing when you, you see him do those sorts of things and you follow his career and you, you see him blowing up and doing amazing things. And then you just look on Facebook and, oh, no big deal. Keitha's just taking a photo with him. It's cool. Wait, what? Hold up. And then you realize you're like, I saw that commercial and I just accepted it as fact. Like, oh, yeah, she's on there. Well, duh. And like not even had the disoriented moment of Raph put it all together. Yeah. I think you know what just happened. So uh, no offense to Sharkies, which by the way, another uh, gig you have booked. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that because uh, that's amazing. Okay. I know we are, we are short on time. Um, I'm so glad that we're able to get to talk to you first of all, but one of the reasons we wanted to talk with you, not just because of 
you know, your the fact that you do jujitsu, which is near and dear to my heart, but also pro wrestling. You have a great message. But like we're interested. Do you come back to pro wrestling soon? What is next in the future? Because Absolutely. it sounds like you've got twenty different things that are happening. And I'm afraid that you booked another gig as a magician in the middle of talking, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> I think she feeds well, off of it, I dude. Will There's say no this. stop. Yeah. There is no stopping. Um, victory never stops, and I'm just going to keep winning and taking on what I can. And one one really cool thing about me is I won't put too much on my plate. I'm very, very, very cautious of what I can handle and what I cannot handle and what I want on my plate, who I want on my plate, what I want to do with everything that's on my plate, and, and just making sure it all gets covered. Um, so to answer your question about WOW Superheroes, um, we just got picked up by MGM and Mark Burnett, so that's huge and amazing. Um, and we, my next show will be this summer. So you guys are in LA, totally hooked up with tickets. You guys can come. Um, and I just finished a feature film that will be out this spring, and I'm actually headed shortly to another feature film <laughs> uh, to go shoot playing an MMA fighter. So. Um, Trust me when I tell you, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna win in life. Like I'm I am winning, and I'll continue winning. And I'm glad you guys are in my corner. Absolutely, dude. There's that's phenomenal. Talk about I need to go get a plate now to fill. <laughs> that, that's just unreal. I think it's testament well, that you're just not. How dare you even ask her that question, dude? You know what I mean? I, <laughs> listen, I just want to know because I'm trying to schedule out my time. I just would like to know if there's more production that's happening and the fact that it's in there LA. There is. There's so much. If it's going to be in LA where you're yeah. pro wrestling again, I know your 10th Planet family will show yeah. up. And, uh, you know, if my schedule's yeah. open, I would love to because, holy shit, you've always been so nice to to me personally and so many of our mutual friends. Um, you're just – you're a good person and I feel like you wrote this and I, and I do want to say this before you get on out of here, which is – you wrote this really cool thing about saying, um, you know, when people talk to you about this sort of stuff and you tell your story, you you wrote a message recently about would you want to confront the eight girls that bullied me because you coined it with a YouTube video that says a bully apologized to her victim 15 years later. And it was so real. And I feel like people talk about catharsis and making the best of a worse situation. And I feel like so many people are going to be inspired by your continued message. And I, I just wanted to say that I applaud you for finding that because that's not easy. Thank you. And so using Thank a you. platform for positivity, I think is, is amazing, but more so when you say you're going to win, we believe you because you're already doing it. And it feels like you're just kind of at not the beginning, but you're in the process of the elevation up. Well, it's also selfless too. You know what I mean? It's not. There's a lot of people are chasing that dream, but she wants to give back and make. I mean, make it not only right for her, but for everybody else too. And there's that's real testament to that theory. So let's do this. Amen to that. Let's go ahead and sign. Where can people follow you if they are not following you already? Uh, let's go ahead and push that out there because I know people want to follow you on the socials. Okay, so my social media is the Pretty Flower Kita means pretty flower in Swahili. So everything uh, for me, social media is the pretty flower. And if you are interested in training with me, 
Um, check out Team Bully Buster on anything. It's all Team Bully Buster um, for all social media as well. That's phenomenal. Uh, listen, Keith, I know you have to get on out of here. I just wanted to tell you again how much we appreciate you coming on. We hope to have you back on the future. Maybe if you get closer to uh, the uh, production out here for the the return of WoW, because uh, I know we're definitely going to want to hear more about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. We can totally reconvene closer to and, uh, and I'll, keep, I'll keep you posted on everything that's going on. Whoops. And thank you guys again, too, for for cheering me on and, and being part of this. If I win, we all win. If you know me and we're good, you win too. Promise. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, our thanks once again to Keitha McGett. Thank you guys. Don't Have rush fun me. For life, baby. Don't <laughs> rush me. I've made that mistake before. before. <laughs> Don't rush me. I, I got me. it, Mike. Thank you. Oh, on now. <laughs> I love you, Mike. We are. I'm in absolute love with you over this mic, over the airwaves. (laughs) Well, Mike, I gotta admit to you, I had to cut you off from falling in love with her even more, uh, but we had to let Keitha go. Is it okay? That's what I'm wondering. Is it okay that I might like low key, high key, like might be in love with her a little bit? You, you, what was rule number one? I told you on this show, don't fall in love with the guests, Mike. No, you said not to fall in love with you, and that's so hard to do. And that is still rule. This show, I will turn this show around. And struggle is real. (laughs) The struggle is real. Hey, if you guys like the show, and I think you did, that was a fun conversation with Keith the Maggett. And if you like to hear more interviews, we've got plenty for you in our back catalog. You're going to definitely want to listen to ones with Douglas James, Jake Atlas. uh, Jan Arstrom is coming later this week. We've got plenty of stuff in the pipeline. Uh, So we encourage you very much to go visit HeelSection.com for our backlog. You can also go on iTunes. And this is big. Mike, we need to get people to do this. If you guys like what we do, please go give us five stars and a very awesome review and say what it is you like about our show. Now, granted, you might not like everything we do. I'm not asking you to talk about that. I'm saying just tell us the shit that you like because we really will get hung up on the shit we hear about that you don't like. So just don't do that. Yeah, don't get all Meltzer on us and be like, no, they can't do a half star, so I can't even (laughs) just no. (laughs) Well, it was there, but, you know, I just didn't like their overall. No. (laughs) Uh, Let's do that. Make sure you guys sign up on all of your social media and follow us at Real Heel Section and uh, follow along for some memes. We've got a lot of fun stuff uh, in the wings for you guys. But, you know, Mike, I think that's going to do it for me right now. Is it going to do it for you, too? It's never going to be over. I'm just going to be this constant stress of wondering if it's so... No. What's the number one rule, Mike? My fault, my fault. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for guessing, guys. The second rule is from Arrested Development, which is never promise crazy a baby. That's rule number two. Rule number one is don't fall up. Anyway, from all of us here at Real Hill Section, aka myself and Mike, have a great one. Wait, me.